0: Damn targets.
1: I tell you what, that intro's uh, bloody cracking. I feel like <laughs> I'm actually in a bar with you. That's amazing. <laughs> and yes, I'm not Andy Fenton. Everyone, the great man, is uh, off doing some business, but uh, I'm filling in. I was, I felt like I was filling in the other night at mentoring too. Tab wasn't there.
0: I oh, mate, I think it's been one of those uh, one of those months where people have been MIA for whatever reason. But thanks for joining me, mate. It's great to have oh, you.
1: That's good. I really like that little. Uh, guitar riff on the way in. It was a really good Yeah, wow, I'm in mean, a jazz bar or something talking about <laughs> economics. This is uh yeah. And I've got the wine, so hey.
0: Happy you Friday. You're, you're all you're all set up. Well we've got a few people already logged in, uh Sam. So uh let's say say a quick hello to a few of them. Alexis, good to have you here. Um yeah, well uh what are you drinking tonight, Alexis? You got a bit of a mixer there. You got wine, spirits and beer going on. It uh could oh, be good. I always like that name, Alexis. Mate Bryce is uh grabbing uh, a wine. That
1: machine came along and sort of ruined the name, didn't
0: it? It did. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis, like
1: turn on the lights.
0: <laughs> uh we've got uh you know coming here. Uh hey, this is first time joining. Whether well, you go all the way from uh Bangalore, you normally live in Perth. Well, fantastic. Great to uh have you on the show today. We do have a few uh visitors. Flying by. Well I in the mornings Sam, I have a regular um a regular from uh Florida. He he uh Kevin. All oh,
1: right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well he, Bangalore, he, there you go. The old um tuning in from the uh subcontinent. Wow, it's unbelievable.
0: Well, it's good to That's see um, people. <laughs> well great. what time is it over there? Can we let us know. Um as we go. Few people have been able to drop by um to grab a live, which is all got the hard tea vodka and and chili chocolate tea that is pretty pretty uh pretty good do- pretty good he's uh flying planes around um uh, in different places and spaces so uh fantastic well listen um 11:45 a.m. so there you go that's not too bad it's not too late at night well welcome everyone great to see everybody here i'll do the quick you know uh set the scene for what we're up to today sam normally we sort of say hey I've been doing property twenty years. Andy's been doing finance and economics twenty years, but uh you've been doing property longer than longer than uh longer than me. It'd be thirty years. Why don't you give everyone the two second uh helicopter view of Sam Sam Sagers, the uh, property extraordinaire, joining me today. We're doubling down on real estate today, folks. Oh,
1: okay, yeah, sure. Well, um, yeah, my background, um I did a uh basically a diploma in property, it was a four year process, and um, got into real estate as soon as I left school. And uh, basically, yeah, became um, an investor in my early years and, and pursued that. Met up with this crazy looking fellow, he's turning uh, 50 on the weekend, by the <laughs> way, everyone. So, big five, uh, zero. <laughs> big 5 0. Is that, uh, is that a scary proposition? Well, no, it, it doesn't does
0: feel it. like that. <laughs> so maybe when I get there, I'll uh, I'll be I'll be different. But you know, oh, we man. shall see. Well,
1: have you got anything planned? Are you gonna have a big shindig or anything?
0: Nothing big. Just gonna have a family family get together. So uh, I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit kind of you know, I I don't really like attention in that way, sags. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, birthday
1: parties can be a bit that way. Yeah. But Anyway, yeah. we had our twentieth, our business twentieth, just a month ago. That was kind of like a big party for everything, wasn't it?
0: I think that was uh, I think I'll take that as the big party myself.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, well yeah, my background's really just real estate. I've worked in the investment space for 30 years. I've uh, written a few books. I've even spoken at uh guest lecturing at universities and things like that on urban behavioral economic, uh, economics. Um and yeah, really my specialty is understanding sort of housing market fundamentals. So yeah, uh Crazy
0: times, but uh, it's always crazy. Mate, uh certainly crazy the last few years. Then, if you have any uh, questions, ladies and gents, put them in the chat. As you guys already know, if you're regular, uh, some new, some regular, we've got a couple of sections of the show. Usually in the afternoon we have a glass of wine and get a little bit warmed up. Um, and uh, the first section is usually sort of what we call decant the week, which is, hey, what's been going on in the news? We'll have a little look at that in a second. Um, we'll have a section about the number one menace. We well. There's there's a number one menace, but there's a section of three of them. It's the media, it's the politicians, and the banks. Usually, the the number one eroders or menaces when it comes to to wealth. And um, the last part, if we've uh, if we've got something in the tank, we might do a little bit of hey, here's something you should know. Um, and we call that the perfect pairing. Hey, there's a problem, Sam. And there might be a solution, you know, um, as we go. So great to see everyone here, and um, and uh, good to see some people uh, hitting a hard liquor early in the afternoon. <laughs> Forty, good to see you, brother. Uh, yeah.
1: thanks. I don't mind a tequila. I don't mind a little dark tequila on ice.
0: Oh, uh, uh, well, Sammy, what's your drink that you uh, you drank uh, way too much of and you'll never drink again? Tequila was mine.
1: Well, that I. I think uh, vodka.
0: Yeah, I'm not a vodka guy. Vodka. So Sam doesn't drink vodka and porty tequila for me if I smell it. Oh, no good. When I was 21, I had way too much. (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, let's do it, folks. Let's get into the show and let's kick it off with our first first part of the show, which is uh, Decant the Week. We'll be right back after this. Well, Sammy, make sure you uh, jump in whenever you feel uh, feel you've got an opinion on this. I know you will have, but um, check this out, folks. Um, yeah, this is just uh, from, you know, 24th of Feb today, 2.45, the great housing crash, Sam. The great housing crash is stalled, you know. You know the well, media. I'll tell you what,
1: it, it's <laughs> interesting, isn't it? Um, the media will jump on uh, anything as soon as uh, – Soon as they they catch wind of something, they'll create a headline. But I tell you what, um, this was always going to be a mid mid cycle slump. It was never going to be a crash. Um, crash is a pretty crazy word for where we're at at the moment. It really is that sort of mid cycle slump, while everyone gets their head around to really get started again. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting though. They they're starting to see what's Underneath the hood of this thing, and it's really yeah a terrible undersupply and uh everyone holding on to their real estate,
0: yeah, well, you know the the idea that the market's crashing isn't isn't uh certainly isn't supported by any of the data, Sam, you know, like no matter which way you slice it, folks listening in you know if you go all right, well, let's start at a zero point, let's go you know jan twenty twenty you know if you have a look at this. National wise national wise you know uh, the average house price or home price growth thirty percent up um, from three years ago now I, I don't know about you I wouldn't be calling this a crash folks um you know there does, doesn't look like any crashes going on here, and if you have a look at um you know have a look at Brisbane and Adelaide Sam you know forty percent up in the last three years, you know those two towns you know we had our eyes on for a while. Um, and uh, you know some adjustment in, you know, um, you know the big Kahuna's when it comes to sort of Melbourne and Sydney. But maybe we'll we'll dine out, out a little bit on Melbourne in a minute because you and I have been talking about this for a while. When it comes to you know, hey, why has Melbourne had you know a little bit harder time of it when it comes to the the property market? But um, certainly, I don't see any crash there, folks. Uh, I don't know if anyone sees sees a crash in those that data. Oh well, let's go check someone else. You know, we um have a look at core logic and domain. You know, has the has uh, the has the chart. You know, depending on how you chart your data, can always show you some interesting things. But you know, the house price growth over the last three decades. Well, you know, Sam, we talk about this often. You know, you want to buy a property and keep it because it takes time. You know, you and I were just talking about 18-year real estate cycles, and I was talking about 15, 18, yeah. you know, yeah. this is what it's about, right?
1: Yeah, well, absolutely, and that and that sort of positioning us to be in the mid-cycle kind of slump at the moment because the cycle hasn't finished. Actually, the cycle is due to finish in 2026, starting again in 2027, and the next 18-year, Cycle will go from 27 to 45, which is crazy to think. Um, but you can actually see on those slides where just about where the last cycle started, where it's in 1994. Yeah. Um, and if you go, it actually started in 1989 and it finishes in 2007.
0: Yeah that that cycle there that that's, was sorry, that.
1: that's one cycle and you yep. see that you can see basically our cycle starts with recovery yeah so you'll see the first half of that cycle is sort of sideways to um uh basically sideways growth and then you get this accelerated growth phase and so now we're in this next cycle and it's a cycle of two halves so you actually see the cycle reach a point in two thousand and nineteen where the first half of the, the current cycle is. And yeah. then we've got the remaining about seven years um that's second half of the cycle is from roughly sort of 2019 to 2026. And really the concept, if you like, is you take macroeconomics, business economics, and fiscal economics, um, and apply it to the property market. And the theory is that because there is always going to be demand for property and because governments on OECD countries are always trying to push um, basically uh, growth in their economies, you will always get property growth and it's roughly out of 18 years, you'll get 14 good years and four bad.
2: Four bad. And so
1: it, looking at that slide you brought up before because it actually had four bad years on it, the Dr. Andrew Wilson one.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing. One of the things, Sam, you know, before we move on to that one, I'll just quickly sort of show this. This is the cash rate, folks, over that period of time too. So you can say, you know, there was a comment, Sam, oh, you know, interest rates have gone down. So that's why property prices have gone up. And by and large, that has a factor, right? That that certainly has a factor. It makes it easier for people to borrow money, and most people don't spend within their budgets, right? You know, mm. they they always spend a bit more. Um, bit of a shout out to Ben. How are you, mate? Good to see you, Ben. We need to get together. I haven't seen you for months, mate. Hope you're well. Um, back at yeah. So Sam, you know, um, you and I talked about. Okay, well, what happens to the real estate market now? You know, uh, let's say you know all ships rise um what's the saying all all boats go up on a rising tide or something right or whatever it is (laughs) but you know when the tide goes out let's say money's more expensive where where's the discerning dollars go like how does how does growth accelerate continue you know into the future i don't think it's expensive money anyway into the future but you and i've talked about this a few times you know when it comes to Flight to quality when it comes to real estate. Flight to quality real estate wins.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, we're already seeing that now with where rents are headed on flight to quality properties. I mean, yeah, I can show. I'll show you an email I got just today, which is just it'll blow people's minds as to how much rent is going up for the right real estate. Um, absolutely skyrocketing. I, and you know, I think I think we've just got to understand. If you go back to your sort of previous slide where you saw the economics of two cycles, actually, if you go from sort of basically 1989, which isn't on there but goes up to 2007, you had money change or morph twice. You had the deregulation of banks in the 90s and then the mining boom, one which really pushed up wages. What that did was accelerate house prices and then in the current cycle, you've seen, obviously, it really run off the back of low interest rates. And, of yeah. course, that's led to the asset values climbing again. The next version or the next cycle, 27 to uh, 2045, is all about the intergenerational wealth trans- transfer. So all, those, all that money you and Andy talk about, $6.1 trillion at the top of the funnel. Yeah. Uh, once that's released, my God, that's going to do some buying. I tell you what, that's going to really, because you think about it, right? COVID, the government here in Australia pumped about a trillion dollars into the economy.
0: Yeah, I've got, I've got a stat on that one actually down here, but like,
1: the... we're talking six point one trillion. Six
0: point one trillion.
1: As the baby boomers <sighs> basically reach life expectancy and pass on that wealth. So, because, like, obviously it's quite quite often hard to fathom that an $800,000 property today can become 1.6. Yes. Or, or 1.6 can become 3.2. And the same thing was happening back in 1989. It was like.
0: Oh, I remember you and me having a chat. It's over, Jace. It's over. Yeah. We busted through 200000 mate. It's not going to happen. We might as well shut up shop, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah
1: it, it's it's just the way it works and and really it's financial engineering it's the government that commands the economy and and obviously they tighten to make it harder in some uh places and loosen it up in others and The theory of the eighteen year cycle is just you're going to get a push me pull me effect from government because ultimately government needs houses built yeah. And, yeah, puts money into that uh, part of the puzzle. So- well,
0: I mean, you know, the Australian government's not a very, um, you know, it doesn't play much outside the lines of property, mining and, and banks and farming really at the end of the day. Like they're the big drivers. But we do, hey, what we've got an actual special guest. We might bring him on. He's, uh, he's flying by just oh, to say it's hello, it's...
1: Fenton. <laughs> my day is done. My day is
2: done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I thought I'd just fly in and make sure that you guys are uh, behaving or misbehaving. Well, we're trying really to do that, preference. Fenton. <laughs> and uh, and when, I, uh. when things were getting harder and looser and push me and pull me, I was thinking, oh, my God, this has really got down the toilet.
0: <laughs> uh. Yeah.
1: Well. Um, Mate, you've made it. It's good. Have you got the wine? That is the question.
0: Or are you jane, being healthy mate, at the moment I'm there, I'm Fenton. It. That's what's going on. Tell us, tell Thank everyone you. where you are. You're down in Sydney at uh, uh, Nissi, Nail It and Scarlet Training with the K2 community and, and Kerwin Ray. Uh, few of the listeners would, will know that.
2: Yep, day, day one of Nail It and Scarlet with Kerwin Ray. We've got a great crowd down here fully packed out the uh the wentworth just happens to be mardi gras as well i was wondering why the prices (laughs) of flights and hotels were so astronomically expensive so uh, i'm tipping i'm not going to get too much sleep tonight not because i'll be doing anything but i'm i'm assuming that there will be a lot of raucous uh behavior floats partying and all of those sorts of things so uh sydney is alive but it's uh but it's great down here a lot of business owners really enthusiastic positive outlooks on the future and as we know they're the, uh, the backbone of our society. And, uh, mate, it's great coming into this straight off uh, a wonderful event with you.
0: Mate, uh, uh, yeah, we week. did have a nice time there up in, uh, up in Brizzy. If there's any of the exit planners uh, listening in, give us a shout out. But I know we've got a few, uh, a few of the regulars online now, Andy. But, um, mate, uh, while you're here, Sam was talking about, you know, that big chunk of the, the most wealthy Australians ever in history. About to transfer over this next decade, you know, six trillion dollars worth of wealth and assets. Um, you know, you and I talk about it often when it comes to business owners. Yep, we got someone in here. Um, yep, hello. It's a good weekend. Um, you know, what do you see in that space with business owners and and you know, the next decade or so? Like that transfer of money is going to flow in. Pretty crazy places. Australia loves its real estate. But what do, you, what do you reckon around the the share market? I mean, we've got the, one of the wealthiest or the most, um, the largest funds, pension funds, super funds in, in the world. I think it's is number three in the world or it could be up there. Um, you know, that's going to transfer towards assets. What What's your spin on it?
2: I reckon it's going to be interesting because we, when we look at it demographically, an ageing population is a very bad thing for an economy. And that's something that's uh, that's going to be very challenging uh, for, you know, especially China, uh, because I think China's about to put its wheels back on. So there's a consumption story that will probably kick on in China, and you'll hear more about that probably over the next 6-12 months. Um, but their longer term, as is Japan's, one of the biggest issues is that their, their ratio of new children being born um, is very low. And when that drops below two effectively each you know partnership having two children that yeah. that stabilizes the economy and you need the young to pay for the old right and now i know we're australians we're not italian uh or there's many italians in australia but uh the italians and the greeks tend to be a little bit better at taking care of their uh their parents there's a bit of a view in australia it's like oh those old bastards you know just ship them off but <laughs> um of but get rid of them the problem is we get rid of them into a uh into a highly subsidized environment at the moment so the age pension age care all of these oh, areas So money yeah so i think that it'll be it, it i don't have a firm view on it as yet the things that i'm kind of throwing around in my head is yes there's going to be a uh, massive asset transfer uh, I think Sammy was talking about you know there there's certain thresholds that you guys have seen real estate sort of they it's almost like a glass ceiling until it's not and at the moment in Australia, you know seven thousand uh sorry eight thousand is kind of the glass ceiling here uh when we see those transferences start to happen, those ceilings will be decimated so you know, two things. We've got strong inflation at the moment and everything rises to inflation unless one thing happens, which is deflation. Um so and deflation is sort of you the governments try and make sure that doesn't happen. That doesn't so they happen. manufacture the economy.
0: Yeah. Well, so a rapid increase. Yeah, that's what I was saying the other day. Like inflation and high interest rates at the moment is actually like, if you think about it as a real estate investor, it's actually our best friend right now because our rents are skyrocketing. And I can tell you, when your rents go up, you're not going to drop them down when the interest rates finally go down and inflation's under control, folks. Right? Now, tell me in the chat right now. Give me a yes or a no. Anyone going to drop their rent a hundred dollars after inflation and, and the interest rates get under control? Well, yeah,
1: well, I think inflation's almost pushing people to a financial like. Like finish line, like rents are going up so hard. You're right. If it deflates, people aren't putting their rents down as much as they as they've gone up. So you're you're absolutely. If you own assets now, like real estate, which has pricing power, pricing power in the rent, I absolutely think um, you're yeah you you're you're going to be better off down the track for sure.
0: You're in the driver's seat. Sonia's saying nah, not happening. Not happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, let, let me uh, just, why, why would you? I'll show you. I'll quickly show you. This is from my uh, property manager today. Quickly show you.
0: I, you need to share your screen, Sammy. Um,
1: sometimes I think people think we're bullshitting. <laughs> we're not. Can you guys see see that?
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: And I blocked got out it. people's names because I didn't want to like yeah have them televised. But hey, confirming that a lengthy conversation with blah 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 informed her of the pending increase of $340 per week. Obviously, somewhat shocked by the news, yada, yada, yada. That's real, folks. Like, that's what's happening in real estate at the moment. Like, that is just mind-blowing as to, you know, the just how much that is for someone. I had to write back and say, look, I, you know, I expect to lose the tenant because you know she's she's not going to be able to afford it but that's what's going on you know and i'm calling it it's basically property cannibalism like it's just she's gone next um next. and and this that's what's happening out there like real estate's carrying pricing power and it's it's being shown in the in the rental returns right now
0: yeah and and really at the end of the day you know the challenging part for, for most landlords is like, well, you know, my costs are still rising, you know, and, and, um, you know, this is, um, whoever sort of said this one is just like, Hey, listen, it's good. We can put our rents up. But for most of us, it's actually not even, not even close to covering the cost of the interest rates that have been passed through. And, and, um, you know, so for sure, uh, you know, I say to most people out there, listen, I'm, you know, you might feel bad, but you're not a charity. Um, you've got to make sure you can cover your costs and, Make sure you're the cost of your investments taken care of, and all of those sorts of things. But you know, really, at the end of the day, I think that, to be honest, all three of us agree that I think that lands squarely in the in the government's la- uh, government's lap when they did something. Sam, I'll circle around to this, and Andy, you could probably comment on this one. Sam and I were talking about this before. Something happened, folks. Um, uh, and and listen, there's a um, there is a. Uh, A market economist, a property market economist that we trust, you know, probably the best in Australia, if not like totally the best, Uh, Dr. Andrew Wilson, he just calls it how it is, you know, and and the idea of like, you know, the ComBank, the ANZ Bank come out the other week, oh, property prices to drop 25%, what a bunch of rubbish, you know. The largest um, decrease in property prices um, occurred in 2018, um, you know, since They've been tracking the proper data, Andrew Wilson. At the moment, it's 4.3 um, so far. Just, you know, we've got a couple of months of uh, 2023 under our belt. But, Sam, we were talking about what happened leading up to the worst reduction in property prices Australia's ever seen in general across the general market, um, and you had some info on this. Well,
1: yeah, what, it was, what, it was it was government intervention, so you had – the removal of uh, foreign investors by virtue of, um, yeah, basically extreme taxes. Um, yep. FIRB
0: gone. yeah
1: taxing foreigners. We're well, now like it's a it's a prickly conversation because obviously sometimes when you think about foreigners buying here, you think about well, it's pushing prices up, but also a lot of properties were produced which really locals wouldn't live in, produced and sold off to foreign investors that provided affordability to the rental market. So you removed a massive supply piece of basically shitty apartments um, in places close to universities, um, you know, the top ones of the like. Shit houses in shit towns, Sam. Shit houses in shit towns. (laughs) It's a private joke, everyone. (laughs) um but yeah it uh it decimated then you had APRA um which put their speed limit on things and and obviously remove investors from you know providing housing to the marketplace so mate triple whammy
0: it was a triple whammy and then the politicians you know beating their chest going if we get in we'll remove negative gearing and we will remove capital gains tax if we get in vote us in Um,
1: We're experiencing the the bullwhip effect of that now, aren't we, right? So, like, the decision made in, what was it, 2018, 19, call it, we're feeling the brunt of that right now. Yeah. That where I'm literally talking to a property manager going, yeah, put the rent up $340 a week. I mean, that's a Like, that is... That is pretty full on, right? Like that is all because of those decisions back
0: then. So yeah, I totally I I I said I've said this a heap of times and I said it to Andy as well. It started it started a long time ago, this problem, folks, in real estate. COVID didn't do it. COVID was just like the the kind of the last knock on the head, right? We already were leading into under supply issues, Sam. You know, um you know, uh, property quality issues, all sorts like production. Yeah, I mean, we were talking to developers who were like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to launch projects because, and, you know.
1: Well, we really haven't seen hyper supply since 2006, 7, 8, 9, when really you, you know, we were doing deals where banks, liquidators, they were offering, you know, 50 apartments, 40% off the purchase price. We haven't had hypersupply probably the last time the market was, you know, t- too oversupplied, maybe 2010, and then you started to get this natural recovery effect and, and sort of absorption. And by 2019, everything had been absorbed, and then they created policies to, <laughs> like, to, like to uh, yeah, basically stop more production. So you had all stock absorbed then a policy stop production so geez man
0: there we go well uh, andy has to uh chuff off folks mate mate gl- glad you could drop by fenton thank
2: you for having me on your your show <laughs> gents it's uh it's 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 far more attractive with the two of you than uh than when i'm on there but sammy it's great to to see you. i'd love to be on a couple of these where uh, you come in and join us because I always love hearing okay, well, all of your stats, well, and
1: always up for it, always up for it. But I think everyone loves your two, You two at, you know, bantering. I think you got the uh, secret sauce. So,
2: <laughs> well, mates, it's uh, it's a good threesome. Uh, but but uh, next week I'll be coming back. I'll be I've been catching up with a lot of our fund managers, uh, talking all things inflation, rate hikes, all of that sort of jazz. Very similar to the context of the conversation you guys are having right here. So. Sam, it might be one that you want to chime in on because I think that there's a lot of things that are lining up in equity markets which are really similar in your world. And uh, and Jace, mate, they've been saying pretty much the same things that you and I have been rabbiting on about probably for now about six months and they're starting to jump on the bandwagon. So mate, uh,
0: They're tuning in, mate. They're listening up now, I reckon. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon they may,
2: may well be. But uh, lots to talk about around uh, reserve bank action, federal reserve action, all of those sorts of things. So... I look forward to sharing that with you guys uh, next week and seeing everyone back there. But uh, thanks for having me and thanks for allowing me to pop in. Sammy, it's awesome to see you again, mate. And uh, I guess from now, it's a good
0: night from me. it's a good night from him already. But don't go away, (laughs) folks. (laughs) I'll see you all next week. All
2: right. Stay on.
0: It's going to be gold with these lads. (laughs) See you, mate. See you, mate. All right, mate. Good to have. Uh, oh, he's coming back. Where are you? I thought you were leaving. He's gone now. <laughs> uh, well, mate, you know the the idea that uh, you know we've got a supply issue um, is only being exacerbated right now. You you and I were gonna you and I were talking about this um, something and also circling around on Melbourne, right? Circling around that the the property market in Melbourne. Um, you know, we've got uh, a huge amount of. People, immigration, either students coming back or new people coming to the country because we've got a uh, a labour shortage. You know this stuff is going absolutely bonkers right now when it comes to you know the number of people entering a market. And Melbourne, when we go back to those stats, Sam was a little bit quieter than the other one. If we go back yeah. here, we go up. Melbourne had you know a, a harder time of it when it came to growth. You know. Yeah. Um,
2: Talk
1: well, talking about really that. Now, as a, it's, it, it's growth. Well, obviously, everything reverts to its mean over the long term. And, and generally, when a market's underperform, obviously, you can look at it and go, well, it underperform, you know, never buy there again. Or you could look at it and go, it underperform, there's an opportunity. Yeah. Um, it's got more room for capital improvement. And uh, really, the way we look at the Melbourne market at the moment is that, its underperformance is actually its opportunity, and growth will probably be reloaded um, in the cycle rather than front loaded. Whereas the other markets have had more uh, basically front loaded growth over the, the last couple of years. Um, and really, interesting enough, you know, because I make a lot of my assumptions about markets by getting on the ground, not so much just relying on the data, so seeing what's for sale. Um, you know understanding the geography of of the marketplaces there understanding markets in markets and it's quite obvious there's a price disparity on what you can buy in melbourne compared to other cities and really that price disparity um really at this at this point in the cycle shows a lot of value yeah yeah so interesting then dr andrew wilson who's obviously opinion we kind of value um,
0: came out and put Melbourne as, you know, he's, he's number one. Mate, uh, and I mean the challenge over the years, I mean you and I have chatted about this, about Melbourne a, a gazillion times. You know, Melbourne often had a lower rental yield. It was always kind of like a percent behind or, you oh, yeah, it's, you it's yeah. under
1: rented. Yeah, it's under rented.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I, think, uh, I think that's certainly on the radar to change sometime soon, folks, when it comes to, you know, these markets. Uh, I don't. I I should turn this off. I'll do a little quiz. What's the most expensive city uh, in Australia? Capital city to rent a house in, folks? What's the Sammy? Do you know? You you know this one off the top of your head? Put that in the
1: chat. I hope hope you're not going to throw Darwin at me because I never lived in that place. I think I know. I think I know. Uh, You know, it's Uh, interesting. Like a couple of those cities, um, you know, basically. It's considered unaffordable if you spend 30% of your gross income on yeah. rent, and some of those cities attract, because they're high-income cities, they can actually attract above the national average of on rent. So I don't know.
0: Did yeah. anyone guess? Yeah, yeah there's, there's a course. few Few people were going, oh, Sydney, and, um, yeah, it's not Sydney, folks. It's actually Canberra. Um, yeah. and can- are- Canberra yeah.
1: people spend up to 34% of their gross income on rent
0: considered
1: unaffordable at 30 percent um but obviously i think people in canberra make a lot of money jace
0: mate well (laughs) uh they are they do have the highest um incomes in australia i think the highest average incomes isn't it um when you have a look right there folks um you know uh, just uh the most recent stats you know the average rental price in in canberra to rent a house is uh 690 um you know it it always blows me away. But check this out, Sam. Like and you and I you and I just don't get this, right? So look at Melbourne. Look at the infrastructure of Melbourne yeah. and have a look at this. Darwin, Hobart, I know, Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane. Like oh, no. everywhere's is. Is more expensive than Melbourne. Like I what? Know. <laughs> I know. And it, and it
1: makes no sense because you couldn't re emulate like I think it's something like 25,000 kilometres of tram line, like you just couldn't re-emulate that in another city. Nice. It was built in, you know, the start of the last century and all that infrastructure you just can't replace anymore. Um, and- <laughs> it's irreplaceable infrastructure. But Melbourne's rent gap, which is basically, if you want to understand rent gap theory, you apply the um, the affordability of what people are paying in rent to the national average and the national average of what people pay of their rent at a gross level is 29% of their gross income goes to rent. Yeah. In Canberra, it's like 34% and in Melbourne, it's 25%. Um, So it's about 4% below the national average. But if you dig into a lot of suburbs, which drag down the mean, um, yeah, you've we've I found a suburb where it's 16%, um, basically, of household income goes to rent. Wow. So really what that tells me, that rent can actually double in value before it puts pressure on the household budget. Yeah. So a lot of Melbourne is fundamentally under-rented and because... And Obviously, we we see a lot of um, activity down there and it's it's catching up though. Like the forecast is for Melbourne to sprint faster than the others from a rental perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, otherwise known as the Dan Andrews issue, um, um, according (laughs) –
1: (laughs) <laughs> yes well yeah you lock a city down for a year and a half and you're probably going to have a problem uh, yeah, yeah hold it
0: yeah, yeah hold it back and uh you know when you have a look at the world of you know um you know uh apartments well you know sydney certainly um certainly ranks up there as the number one expensive place to to rent an apartment but um you know canberra again comes in number two but you know the house so so there you go folks like you know uh at the end of the day, Sammy, we both know, like, being on the ground. This is the interesting thing. I always say, Sam, you know, if someone says, oh, you know, there's this market issue, and I'm like, well, when was the last time that you went and stood in line at an open home or, um, you know, um, saw how many people showed up to, you know, uh, an auction or whatever it is? And if you go and do that physical stuff, like you said, you get on the ground often, not just look at the data, and it's a different it's a it's totally a different world. feel. It's a yep. different
1: world. Like yeah. you you're seeing it on like do yourself a favor, folks. Yeah, like go out to a sales open home over the weekend, go to a rental open home just for kicks and giggles, and you'll start <laughs> to see what's going on. It's um it's definitely people uh there's not a lot of stock on the market for sale, that's for sure. Um people are holding on, people um you know, and it's probably easy to see why. Like, if you were selling and you wanted to spend some time renting before you bought again, wow! Like, you can't get a rental, so you're not selling. Um, no. And then there's not a lot. Of, so no one's selling. There's not a lot of stock to go. Well, I'll sell and buy. Um, so the market's grinding to a bit of a bit of a halt. It, it,
0: it's jamming itself, Sam. It's getting. It's it's. It's stuck, right? Like it's like I, yeah, yeah, completely stuck. There's not enough yeah.
1: stock on the market.
0: Oh well, I mean, lead, leading right into that, I'm, I'm glad that segue worked out for me. But you know, has the the, the stock change? I mean, and you know, again, to to, to dine out a little bit on Melbourne, but sort of Melbourne and Sydney, you know, the reduction in um, not only sort of yearly change, monthly change. Have a look at that. The number of new listings for sale, like you know, the interest rates going up. People aren't, you know, bailing on their homes. Like, you know, this this idea of this mortgage cliff, mortgage cliff coming, you know, people are going to leave and whatever, uh, I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Like technically, well, economically they can't, even if they were to, to bail out where they're going to go, the rent's going to cost them more than their mortgage sometimes, you know. So, you know, it, it's actually causing, uh, you know what I find funny, not funny but a, a fucking crazy, Sags. like. There's there's no commentary on on the dire the dire supply issues in the in the media like you know we're we're talking about you know like let's have a quick look at one little article. Uh,
1: they tend to know? they tend to look at approvals, and uh, as we know, approvals don't equal anything. Like no. an approval is nothing. It, it's got to get off the ground. It's got to be feasible. It's got to mathematically work out. So ten, I tend to see from media like. Um, yeah you know approvals which are down but approvals is not actually uh you know handovers when it comes to supply
0: no and arguably sam like you know we we know many of the best you know producers of great quality property in australia i mean we i mean you know fucking all of them i mean you've been doing this for 25 years you know them all and you know They're not saying, "Oh, Sam, it's it's the easiest time ever to deliver a piece of real estate." Like they're saying, "It's the hardest time I've ever had to deliver real estate on price and on budget on time."
1: It's an. (laughs) I I caught up with um, one notable developer. You know, he sits in the BRW top sort of two hundred, and basically, his his pipeline of stock is now so far backlogged that. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real pickle. Like they just can't get stock onto the market quick enough because there's just so many moving parts. There's construction, government, um, sustainability
0: constraints. There's Empl- employment. Like you got employment. You
1: know, like mate, it's it's that you can't get the trades to build the stuff.
0: You can't get it, and you know, like talk about Melbourne. You know, for example, Brisbane. You know, the largest public infrastructure project ever in Australia's history is underway in Melbourne, right? You know, that's got nothing to do with real estate. You know, they're digging tunnels and they're pushing, you know, trams around. You know, we've won the Olympics in Brisbane. Folks, we've got to deliver all this infrastructure. That's got nothing to do with housing. You well, know, did,
1: you, did you see Cleanaway, which is basically garbage a garbage um, business um, the managers are driving the garbage trucks, oh,
0: like, like Matt. <laughs> there's, there's no one left. They, there's, no, there's no one to fucking do the work. There's no oh. one to do
1: the work. Oh. That's unbelievable. So, like, that's. I mean, that's a huge company. That's the bit. One of the biggest. Basically, um, you know, they 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 deal with all sorts of waste, construction waste. Uh, recycling like like literally managers are becoming drivers, because yeah, so I don't know, like I uh, call me a simpleton, but you know, when we talk about sort of things slowing down, recession, whatever, like I just don't see it, there's just too much work, like if people got work like like, and there's too much work, like it's just you know things are just the new normal, like we're just living with you know a a cash rate which yeah probably settling in at where we're at now
0: well yeah i mean let's talk about that for a second you know let's talk about that cash rate i mean you know both you and i aren't andy fenton by any stretch of the imagination but you know let's you know um you know the cash rate you know there's a beat up oh it's up it's up wherever well you know uh, like in reality folks we're we're already seeing where the cash rate's going to end up I mean, you can beat it up till the cows come home, um, but Sam, one of the great things that Andy, you know, has talked to me about, folks, and and you guys know this. We we talk about the aggregated opinion of people far smarter than us <laughs> when it comes to the world of this idea. And you know, where does it look like? Let's have a bit of a sticky bit here. The Australian ten-year government bond, folks, really is the predictor—a ten-year government bond of where the cash rate, you know, is is predicted to be so you know you can see this range between sort of three and a half and four percent but you know in re in reality right now you know the market's pricing at Sammy at like you know 3.8 you know you know a little while ago when things were a bit slower you know maybe 3.3 so you know we've been talking about 3.5 to 3.75 cash rate for for you know well over 12 months like like it made sense that that's where it would get to. It's it made sense that that's where it would need to be, and folks, you know, it. it and I don't say it flippantly, Sammy. Anyone listening in, that you know, interest rates at six percent, are just what it should be, right? That that's really the normal cost of money. Anywhere between sort of five and six percent, you've got that a normal cost of money that's which is quite healthy for the system that it's in. Um. And, um, you know, things can flow um so really, at the end of the day, we know we're going to end up with a cost of money at around about five to six percent, depending on the risk and the l v r um but there's already talk, there's already talk which is which is um is talking about America's already dialing back their um you know their stuff, and also you know Australia's you know tip to be one of the first ones to cut rates sometime in the future you know and uh you know big question mark on that one but as property investors sam you know nothing we can do about the cash rate right there's nothing you or me or any anyone listening in can do about that but what else is driving you know you were talking to me about the the ferbs the firb you know Maybe jump uh, in on that one and have a bit okay. of a bit of a dine well, out on what's going Andy, on.
1: Andy kind of summed it up. China's kind of <clears throat> going through some problems. Like you've got obviously a depopulation situation occurring um, and you've got obviously over there they've got some real challenges with their housing market where they've basically created hyper-supply. Um, they hyper-supplied their own market with ghost cities Basically, based on an increased level of population, and, and you know, that the, the, the place is falling to bits, really.
0: Um, so, well, I, mean, I mean, did you hear the Japanese um, Prime Minister Sam issued a national, um, uh, national disaster thing? Said, hey, listen, we like in 20 years, we'll be a third world country if we don't have any, have some more people.
1: Have some more people. Well, and you know what, I mean, this is the advantage of of Australia's immigration system because when you think about someone being born, um, you know, perhaps to age 25, there is no production value of that person. In fact, it's a cost. It's a
2: cost, um, yeah. It's a cost
1: yeah. to, to basically GDP. Um, so the idea of going and then asking people to come to your country who are already past that age but are in their highest sort earning, of decade, earning and earning tax paying, yeah, yeah. Fast yeah. bringing skill, it's actually a bit of a masterstroke. Like, And, and it's going to get tougher because the whole world's on to it. Um, and I think I mentioned like in Hungary, if you have four kids, you don't pay income tax.
0: For <laughs> well, fair I, I think that'd be a great real tax. You know, Sonia's going, don't they cost money those little buggers? Yeah, fucking hope they do, Sonia.
1: <laughs> so imagine that a society where if you had one for the country, you're, you know, instead of paying thirty percent, you're paying twenty five, and then two, you're paying. So, you know, you'd be tax-free by now, Jace.
0: I, I'd be living the dream.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, so some countries are going, geez, we better, um, and and the problem for Hungary, of course, is they're going to do that, sponsor families to have children, not pay income tax, and then Australia's going to pinch them
0: all. Yeah, well, because yeah, there'll be no opportunity there for jobs, you know. That's... <laughs>
1: So you know we're kind of blessed in the in the in the context of we have a pretty smart skilled migration dynamic and and that's where we see today you know really Australia as a Anglo Indian Asian fusion of 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 skill and yeah so um, yeah you know it's 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 very different to other places and and for China in particular. Like if you're Chinese and you're in the sort of middle class with a bit of money, you're not investing in Chinese property. Nah. It's not going to happen. So, so you're looking for a home. So I'm starting to see all these articles. Like I'll just do a quick share. But, I mean, like there's a lot of articles of...
0: You need to share your screen again.
1: Uh, yeah, a lot of articles of just overseas investors chinese yeah. residential real estate investment australia saw 67% you've got foreign buyers return dream home sales to chinese buyer chinese investors set to spend 5 billion this year in australian property so it's happening like the we talk about the migration of money in yeah. in simple terms
0: Uh, Like 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 locally in Australia. Yeah, yeah,
1: but there's a migration of global money and Australia is a safe haven and um, we're going to start to see a lot of that because the dollar is quite competitive to move money. Um, The tax is what it is, but it's actually for a lot of overseas people now um, with their kids coming here to learn, there's going to be a bit of a, yeah, bit of a power back I think
0: of um, that money coming into the economy I and yeah I mean you and I know you know anecdotally only because we've got business interests in residential real estate and property management you know conversation the other day one of our property sales team up in Brisbane um, the the student couldn't find an appropriate place to live so the parent sent them a million dollars and they bought an apartment yeah like, that's what happened
1: <laughs> <laughs> which, which kind of blows our mind you know it's just like you know that would that's just yeah, but there's a you know there's obviously a lot of money around the world, and um it's always looking for a safe place to be parked and here in Australia, it's typically been a bit of a safe haven over the years for uh for certainly uh you know investors who who live in in Um, Asian countries, particularly China, um, they're always trying to sort of move their money out and safe haven it here.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're very stable as a country politically. We're very stable with our banking system, top three in the world, Um, you know, and um, at the end of the day, you know, we've got a history of immigration successfully working for Australia. It's been, you know, right from the outset. Um, So, you know, um, there you go. Well, Sammy, why don't we? Um, you know, we're moving to a close, but why don't we do uh, one of our little uh, segments called the Number One Menace? I've got something here. Maybe you and I can riff on it for a few minutes. And let's
1: and, do uh, it. <laughs> All right. All
0: right. What do we got? Hey, listen, folks. Um, number One Menace. Well, Number One Menace. Like. The other day, I heard this one, uh, which was good. Actually, Owen came up the other day, and um, it was the combination of the number one menace. Put it in the chat for me. You know, you got your, you got the government, you've got the media, and you've got the banks. You know, um, you know, BMG. Yeah, they're the three that can, um, you know, cause you know, plenty of grief when it comes to you and your wealth. Um, check this out: how to lose. billion dollars folks in the blink of an eyelid um now i'm not i'm not condoning nor do i support gambling in any way shape or form just so we're all clear um but check this out you know um the new south wales government sam you know we all know the story got in a bit of a stoush with you know the casino group and um you know, decided that they were going to teach them a lesson. This is this is what I this is how I see it, folks. Anyway, so then the government says, you know what? We're going to um, increase our tax on the 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 star and the crown casino group. Right? That's what they said. What what happened? Um, you know, they said, all right, we're going to increase our tax. We're going to put our taxes up. You know, um, a couple of percent on average, two percent. What did that do? You know, I, th- this actually this actually interests me you know they're going to say all right well we're going to increase our revenue that we get from um from the from the casinos 364 million and check this out check this out sam um, and uh, what they're going to do with that 364 million folks is they're going to um uh, have three thirty-three million of it go to responsible gambling, and five million go to another fund, and that's it. Where, did, where Sam? Then where did the other? Where did the other? Um, three hundred. Where did the other three hundred million go? I, wow! Wow! What, what? Like, did anybody just see that? They're like this like, <laughs> Abra yeah. fucking Canabra. All right, um, there we go. So there you go, folks. There's there's balance sheet manoeuvre 101. When yeah. it comes, we'll just put the taxes up, boom, gotcha, right? So anyway, the point is, folks, Um, yeah, that is creative accounting, Alison, right? And in, in plain sight too. So said we're going to raise $360 million worth of revenue, but we're going to spend $33, $38 million over here. And everyone goes, oh, great idea, fabulous. Nobody had a revolution on that. Anyway, um so there you go. Number one menace at work. But this one is probably more prevalent, Sam. Um trusts. You know, trust company and trust structures have been around since time immemorial. They were invented back in the olden days, back in the, the Knights days, back in, you know, um the common law from the from England and so on. Anyway, um uh just only a, you know a little while ago. The ATO decides that uh, they think they're tax evasion schemes, and they're going to investigate them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. We've been using them for fucking two hundred years, or probably thousands of years if you go back to England. Um, but uh they're, all right, they're going to uh, they're going to have a look at anti avoidance and tax avoidance, folks. So there you go. Uh, I think it's a scare campaign. We like we've had a chat to our accountants, and they've sort of said, "Listen, there there is." a, you know, 0.01% of a 0.01% chance that, you know, there could be something here. But just keep an eye on it, folks. Um, This is creative. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, exactly, if they look at themselves. And the other one, Sam, I saw today, um, how's this? The language around super. I saw Albanese interviewed and he said, you know, listen, folks, super is meant to, um, meant as you know, something that can um, help the economy uh, not pay for people in retirement. And and hang on, it's like, hang on, no, super is, <laughs> like, he, like he was saying, it's meant for the government not to have a burden. It's like And, and they're, like, they're lining up to tax it, like, <laughs> like and here's my call. Uh, okay,
1: yeah. It's actually not our money, according to... It's stuff. not our money.
0: He said, basically he said it's not your money. Like, what are you thinking? Of, what are you talking about? It's uh, It's... It's for the government, so you're not gonna. So we didn't have to pay you so much in pension. And, and he's like, and "We're thinking we might change the rules." I'm like, "Fuck!" Did you, anyone just? Did anyone just hear that? Like, holy moly! Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. You know, I say there's always four horsemen. You've got the Reserve Bank, you've got banks, you've got uh, certainly the regulators like APRA, and then you have got the government, and they're the ones that are <laughs> most brief with this thing called investing. If. Uh, if, would, uh, if not, one of them is meddling. They're all meddling.
0: They're all meddling. Yeah. Well, listen, the mate. Uh, I think uh, I think we might call it done and dusted, folks. Mate, uh, that went a lot faster than I thought. I, was, I quite quite uh, quite enjoying hanging out with you today. Doubling down on the property world.
1: Yeah. Well, mate. Happy birthday for the weekend.
0: Appreciate old,
1: it. You old man. <laughs> five zero.
0: Mate, uh, how far are you behind? You're only five years behind, aren't you?
1: I know. The weird thing is, like, I don't know, like 70 years ago, we would have about eight years to the go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I think superannuation or the pension began in like 1895, and they made the life expectancy to get the pension 65. But the, no, the pension was at 65, but the life expectancy was 58.
0: 58, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're not going to get it, so that's okay.
1: <laughs> oh, well, awesome, mate. No, nah.
0: I uh, only Good feel fun. like we're just getting started. Halfway there, Sags. Well, mate, uh, great to have you on the show. Yeah. Give Sam a bit of a shout-out, folks. Thanks for joining oh, no us, no Sags.
1: No Love to have you, right. you back yeah, again.
0: Yep. <laughs> All right, we're done and dusted, folks. Thanks for hanging out um, and uh, thanks for the uh, birthday wishes. I'll, uh, I'll send you some photos. And uh, away we go. All right, mate. Well, that's it. We're done. Dusted. All right, folks. Adios. See you, folks. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching another episode of Wealth, Wine and Wisdom. Make sure you like, subscribe and turn on the notifications so you never miss a thing, folks. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Debrief the week with Wealth, Wine and Wisdom every
2: Friday at 5pm Victoria and New South Wales time. We know that Queensland, South Australia, WA have different time zones, as does Darwin, but we're sure that you can do the calculations depending on whether it's daylight savings or not.
0: You can also catch up on all the episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you check out the Positive Mentor podcast from our six-star team at positivementor.com.au.